You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to The Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan, that's Ben Solzer and Jake Mansola. <laughs> My name is Jake Mansola. <laughs> Make J- Jake Mansola. Jake Mansola. Jake Mansola. And you just spoonerized me. <laughs> Make Gentola. I, I make Gentola? Wow. Have you ever made Gentola? No, Nathan. My wife makes Gentola at least once a week. Wow. Yes, Sounds folks, great. that's just a taste of the quality content you'll be getting for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Go ahead and turn it off. <laughs> no, don't turn it off because today we are going to talk about a article about shy kids. And we're also going to talk about the topic of shyness in general. Or is it fear of man? If you're a shy or you're an introvert or you're an extrovert or you're a human being that likes great Christian podcasts that, are, that have been called by no less than us a combination of what did we say jake npr and snl snl and npr that's what you said actually i didn't say that all right folks jake's gonna (laughs) jake's gonna pretend now in order to tease me like i love that catchphrase but i don't like it however it is what you like to say it is something that i feel accurately describes our show using things that people know universally universally our show is a combination of talk and sketch and SNL is the most famous sketch show, and NPR is the most famous talk, talk radio, radio show network. Yep. It's not really mm. a show. And I got a little tired of people being like, why is there a sketch? So <laughs> I've decided now to start saying the phrase, Sound of Sanity is like NPR meets SNL, so people will it's helpful. know what to expect. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because this show does have sketches, and they are part of the show. They play a crucial role in it, and it's part of the fun of it. Yeah, precisely. And, you know, maybe some people, NPR meets SNL doesn't sound appealing to them, and they wouldn't like this show, but that's okay. I just want NPR. I just want SNL. Sorry, we're both. NPR, SNL. It's like the chocolate (laughs) peanut butter commercial. (laughs) Better together, baby. Better together, baby. All right. Today, we are going to talk about a subject that is close to my heart, the subject of shyness, because I would consider myself to have been a very shy kid, and anyone that knew me as a kid would consider myself to have been a shy kid. And we came across an article on scarymommy.com. Ooh. We were going to save this episode for Halloween, but <laughs> we, couldn't, we just couldn't wait. We just couldn't wait. So scarymommy.com. Let me tell you guys about this website. As you can imagine, it's terrifying. I could hardly stop my teeth from chattering as I pull it up right now. Scary Mommy is a community of scary mommies supporting each other through laughter, empowerment, and the shared experience of motherhood. That's great. <laughs> good. good, good. <laughs> I just thought you guys might want to know. <laughs> I did. I did. And now I do. Well, now you do. All right. So this article came out and it was picked up by Yahoo News, that great organization, and propagated to different places on the internet where we came across it. This article begins thus. It's called Young Kids Can Be Introverts Too by a lady named Kalia Smith. Quote, when friends or family stop by my home for a visit, one of my youngest twin daughters cries without fail almost immediately. She covers her ears 
when the mix of conversations, her siblings arguing, and the noise of the TV becomes too much. She sobs at my feet. But when things are calm, and as she starts to become well-adjusted to adding one or two more people inside an already full household, she settles into the idea of having company and enjoys showing off her charming personality. End quote. Now, does anybody want to guess where this article goes? Um, Sure. I'm going to guess it probably goes towards, like, her behavior is just fine and you just have to deal with it. No way. Enjoy it. What's the tagline of ScaryMommy.com again? Uh, ScaryMommy.com's tagline is, They're a community of millions of scary mommies supporting each other through laughter, empowerment, and the shared experience of motherhood. Yeah. Okay, so if their goal is to help each other out, then probably she's going to be like, you know what? It's okay to have kids who are a little shy, but there are some things that you got to teach those kids in ways you got to help those kids who are have that kind of personality to be respectful with adults and to make eye contact. Make, yeah, things like make eye contact, be respectful, listen, mm. work to fight and overcome your fears or your shyness when you're dealing with grown-ups and also be a, a good friend and, you know, work hard. It's okay to go recharge your batteries, but also you got to work hard to overcome those things so that you can engage people in a way that is respectful and challenges you to grow as a little boy or a little girl into a man or woman that can be flexible and adaptable while still being yourself. Something like that's probably what yeah. I was going to say. I, if I were a blogger at scarymommy.com or one of their many readers, I would be afraid listening to Jake right now that he was about to say the D word, but he didn't. Ooh. Ooh. Discipline. Ooh. Discipline. Yeah. I would be, I would be a scared, scary mommy right now. Well, yeah, because you don't want to discipline personality. No. Never. It's personality. Yeah, just let it be. Well, well I find myself in times of trouble. Mother Mary, Mother whisper- Mary comes, <laughs> to <you. laughs> comes to me and whispers words of wisdom. Let it be. Wow. <laughs> now, Ben, mm. when you said this article was just like, eh, yeah, cool. <laughs> you were correct. <laughs> what? And Jake, when you said that this article was going to empower all the scary mommies to discipline their kid to help them be respectful and make eye contact and simple things like that that might be nice for a kid to learn how to do, you were incorrect. What? Because this article just goes goes on to say things like, quote, her siblings are wired differently than her, but that doesn't mean she was made with a faulty wire. This is just her. She doesn't get as much fulfillment out of being a social butterfly. One-on-one interactions are what she lives for. Unquote. And then the final paragraph I will read. I'm not perfect. Quote, I'm not perfect. And I'm no still. No way. She's not perfect. I'm glad she qualified that for us. Sorry, go ahead. I, I always have need, before anyone offers me any help, like, who wants to be helped by a perfect person? Yeah, I know. Like, let's get rid of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> we really should. It's perfect. <laughs> Firing on all cylinders today. <laughs> get, get rid of all sources of perfect wisdom and. Yeah, it's it's nice to it's nice to know that someone's just as broken and terrible as you are. Yeah, when they're about to give you advice or or help (laughs) you. (laughs) She says, "I'm not perfect, and I'm still learning how to navigate her introversion alongside her. I take interest in the things she enjoys when she wants to let me in on them. I sit on the sidelines of events when the chaos of it all becomes too much for her. And my favorite." I snuggle her when she's met with the most depleted states following a social gathering. My toddler is an introvert, and I wouldn't change a single thing about her. (laughs) Unquote. Okay, so I think that's crap. I think that it's absolutely right that 
every kid is different. Every kid's personality is different. Every kid has different strengths and weaknesses. All of that is true. And I think that there is a way to place a bad demand on a kid to be something they're not. To take a, a kid who really is genuinely introverted and try to turn them into a social butterfly. Not everybody has those gifts and abilities or inclinations. That's okay. That is okay. It is in fact okay. But what is not okay is letting your kid simply grow up into whatever she is. Not addressing the root sins that accompany certain tendencies, proclivities, personalities. So if she's shy, if she's introverted, that goes along with having some real fear that has to be dealt with. There's strengths that come along with that kind of a personality, but there are also weaknesses and things that have to be addressed. And so you don't just let your two or three-year-old little girl hide behind daddy's leg because she's shy and just say that's just the way that she is. No, your job is to help your daughter grow as a person. And growing as a person means confronting your fears and challenging yourself to honor God at all times. And that means, you know, being respectful in the presence of other people. It means your two or three-year-old little daughter, you know, it needs to be challenged and pushed and maybe not all the time. Maybe there's times to just decide we're not going to, we're not going to push the line right now, but you need to be helping that little girl grow to the place where she's willing to look an adult in the eyes and say, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am. And please. And thank you. And take those steps that demonstrate respect. Now, Jake, I'm all for positive reinforcement of desirable character qualities or traits, but you wouldn't d -d 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 discipline for something for for being shy, would you? I would discipline for disrespect. Yeah, I would a hundred percent. If it's motivated by being shy, everybody is has. Is Jake a monster? Is, is he? Is this the end of Sound <laughs> of Sanity? <laughs> I am. Could be. I am that monster. Yeah. If you want to call me a monster, yeah, I am that monster that will take my shy kid and I will discipline certain elements of their shyness out, namely disrespect. You you can be shy and you can be introverted in your way, but you will fear God more than you fear men. And that means that you will, when an adult speaks to you, you will look them in the eye and you will respond to them with words. Okay, you're shy. Intro I get that. I'm that way too. I'm introverted. That just means I have to work harder when I'm in social settings. It doesn't give me an excuse to not work hard in social settings. It means I have to work harder. There are different sins that attend somebody who's more extroverted, especially kids. And it's, guess what the issue is still 99% of the time, it's still respect. So it's just disrespect comes across in a different way. A shy kid, an introverted kid is disrespectful by not looking adults in the eyes, hiding behind dad's leg or mom's leg or hanging onto mom's skirts, not speaking back in full words. We are talking about toddlers here, but you can extrapolate that all the way up. Extroverted kids have the opposite disrespect. They're presumptuous. They try to treat adults like they're equals. They just presume upon adults. They interrupt and enter the conversation as though they're equals. They, they think they have something to say and to contribute to a conversation that's over their heads. They'll come and they'll sit in your lap and just start and get in your face and start talking to you while you're trying to have an adult. Yeah, all that has to be disciplined too, because it's not respectful. You have to teach kids to know their place and you have to teach them to engage in the world in a way that honors God. And so, yeah, you have kids with all kinds of different personalities and all kinds of different tendencies. Kids need to be taught to discipline what's bad about this and what's sinful in those tendencies. And, and you need to, as a parent, be wise and understanding of, okay, 
Not every kid's an extrovert. Not every kid's an introvert. If we want to hold to those categories, which I do think are helpful categories. All right. But now let's address biblical principles of sin and righteousness within the, the framework of these personality concepts, if we want to talk about it that way. And a parent does his kid no favors if they don't start doing that work from a young age. What your job is, is to help your kids grow into adults that are able to engage the world in a way that honors God and engage with people in a way that honors God. And that starts, yes, that young, at the age of toddler. And one more, th- what the heck? Are you kidding Sorry, me? Sorry, Jake. <laughs> it's the devil's yeah. advocacy alarm. Oh, my stars. <laughs> I guess we'll never know what that one more thing you were going to say is. You're it was probably, definitely super profound. Yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> well, listen, people may, may, if they've heard the show, know about the devil's advocacy alarm. It's an alarm that goes off that indicates one of us is going to have to play the devil and argue against the point that the other has been making. I think actually, Ben, you're doing like a little dance. I am. It's because you want to be the devil. I might have wanted that alarm to go off secretly. Okay. Well, did you press the button? Maybe not. You'll never know. Maybe not. (laughs) There's a slim possibility you didn't press the button. (laughs) Now, I have never seen Ben chomping at the the bit like he is now the proverbial bit (laughs) yeah ben is ready to take that poser jake down (laughs) come on what is what does jake know about shyness about parenting about anything really children ben who has zero kids (laughs) i've worked with kids before yeah you've been chomping at that you've been like grinding your teeth and yeah you're it's been painful. There's literal <laughs> palm prints in the desk in front of you because you're so you've been so angry at what Jake's been saying. You just want to take him down. So you're gonna play the devil now. Go ahead. You know everything Jake said was pretty good. It's just that it's kind of weak. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The okay. Issue, the, the issue is Jake that I mean, come on. You're talking about disciplining these shy kids for disrespect, and you talk about disciplining extroverted kids for their kind of disrespect and great good on you but i just don't get why you don't just come out and say and be clear for people so they understand you're disciplining shyness period because what is shyness besides fear of man and if it's just fear of man then it's sin and that means that all shyness is sin and it's not personality and you shouldn't give over in the way you talk about it to psychologists and stuff who want to just, sure, we'll discipline this part, but that other stuff is just personality. That's how the world talks, and I think it infiltrates the church. Okay, that's not the devil I was expecting, and that's a good devil. That's a good argument. Because the line of personality and sin can be really fuzzy and difficult to parse and to deal with. Yeah, I think that it is true that You could say that what I'm talking about is just simply disciplining shyness. If you are equating shyness strictly to fear of man. The boundaries between what is sin, what's an issue of character, and what's personality, they're not clear. And you'd be right to say that personalities, it's not a biblical category. At the same time, you can't pretend that people aren't different. And that different people don't have different tendencies in the way that they sin. And it is helpful to acknowledge those differences. It is sinful to force everybody into a box and to say that, oh, unless you are a social butterfly, you are ruled by fear of men and therefore everyone must become a social butterfly. That's not true. Some people 
are better at math and programming and aren't as good with people. And that's okay. Not everybody has to be equally good with people or equally comfortable with people. No one should fear men. Everybody should be able, in the light of who God is, to look other people in the face and to engage with them as best as they're able and should be willing to work on their ability to do that. But some people are just more relational than others. That's okay. It really is okay. We need all kinds of different people to get all kinds of different work done in the church and in the world. What you are running the risk of is flattening everything in such a way that it doesn't make space for people to just be different. And so you're right. Scary Mommy wants to flatten people in the other direction, Mm -hmm. which is that everybody's just different and nothing has anything to do with sin. But I, I do think that it is a, a, an equal and opposite ditch, which is let's flatten every everything so that everything is a matter of sin and righteousness. And now we've got to raise the perfect standard of how everyone engages with the world because we can parse out the sin that attends every single you know, interaction that everyone has. And the fact is, we all have all kinds of sin tainting and influencing all of our interactions with the world that need to be disciplined. Mm. I think that's a good response. I still want to ask you though, is shyness then simply sin? Because you've given an answer that doesn't quite answer that question. Okay, well, it depends on definitions, right? Okay. Again, what you said before, when you equated shyness to the fear of man Mm -hmm. and said it's one-to-one, if that's your definition of, of shyness, then yeah, shyness is a sin. But if you want to say, okay, I get that, but also there's a certain kind of kid or a person that, you know, just isn't as social or socially oriented as other people. They're not as relationally oriented. They're not as emotionally oriented. They're more objectively oriented instead of subjectively oriented. They're more truth oriented instead of relationally oriented, whatever it is. That's not necessarily sinful. That's just the way that somebody's mind and heart works. I mean, it's even simpler than, you know, some people like to talk. Some people don't. Some people are good at telling jokes. Some people are not. Some people are good at telling stories. Other people would bore a whole room trying to tell a story. They don't know how to connect in some that way. Some kids really like to listen. Some people really like to listen and absorb things. It's how they are happiest. Some people are good at when they listen, hearing the emotional things that are being communicated or reading the emotional things that are being communicated. Other people are really good at hearing the facts that are being communicated. Some people are good when you're listening at helping you solve your problems. Other people are good at just sort of understanding the pain that you're going through. All of those things are good things and they all have attendant weaknesses too. You know, we have to bend toward one another in ways that are understanding and we have to discipline what's sinful in our tendencies. If I'm the kind of person that only hears the facts and wants to problem solve, I need to grow in my empathy and in my understanding. There is maybe a sinful element to that, but that's not. it's not all bad that that's the way that God wired me. If I am an empathetic person, I'm reading your emotions, I mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep kind of person, but that's all I've got. Well, those are good things. But also, you know, I need to be able to parse where you're being selfish or self, self-absorbed in your morning. And I need to be able in the right time and place to sort of see things as they are, or just be able to hold forth God's truth about a situation to you and call you to have some faith in oh. the right time and right place or help problem solve a situation and not just empathize with it in its time and place. An inability or unwillingness to do that may also be sinful. 
right? But it takes all kinds and we need each other. And so if you start to flatten everything out into simply categories of sin, then you run the risk of negating all of the places in Corinthians that talk about, you know, different parts of the body needing one another and different gifts. All right. Well, I think that's all good. But again, just let me just let me double down here. Well, kind of double down. I'm just going to say from the perspective of someone who hates psychology and anything Christians say that is in any way informed by any language at all. Sure. That seems to come from psychology. Sure. If I'm that guy, I'm going to say to you that shyness is not a biblical category. How are you, how are you going to answer someone that you meet who has a visceral response and seems to be kind of absolute with their language? Yeah, my my answer would be, that's very understandable. Absolutely. The abuses mm-hmm. of modern psychology are infinite. The abuses mm-hmm. of that kind of language... To the, excuse and justify excuse, sinful behavior are... The fact even that we yeah. talk about something like mm-hmm. alcoholism instead of the sin of being a drunkard or drunkenness. <laughs> right. The, the examples of that sort of thing are legion and they are destructive and they are terrible. Now, that being said, any theology or understanding of biblical truth or understanding of sanctification that scrubs the world and scrubs our understanding of the world of all ability to observe things Mm. and take things into account about the way life works that aren't specifically listed in the Bible is silly. Not what we're called to. You know, you can call it, use whatever language you want. And if people want to move away from the language of psychoanalysis, I'm very sympathetic to that. Freud was a wicked man. But the categories of there being a type of person who feels charged up after they go to a party and a type of person who feels depleted, they exist. They're observable mm-hmm. phenomenon. Yeah. And it is helpful to have some way of describing those phenomena. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think just to step out of the devil role, because I can't really play it sincerely any further, what words, it's like, how do you use words? And how are you allowed to use words as a Christian? Right. And is there an absolute, like, because shyness is not in the Bible, we may not use that word. Well, that's dumb. And that's a dumb way to treat the question, I think. Yeah, and it Smart. is it is helpful to come back and when you're addressing something, you know, when somebody keeps saying, I'm just a shy person, I'm just a shy person. That's right. There's a time to come back and say, well, let's just use biblical categories here. <laughs> what you really yeah. suffer from is something we call fear of man. And that's what we want to address. And we're not saying that, you know, you, your personality needs to change, but we are saying that you need to deal with this sin right here that we're naming mm-hmm. and pointing to yeah. in biblical terms and that we can find in the Bible. Yeah. I was irritated. You were angry. I'm an alcoholic. It's clinical. It's, you know, <laughs> you're a drunkard. Yeah. It's sinful. <laughs> you know? I think about all the language that we use to couch our it's, sexual You know, the language of, of addiction, yeah. right? I'm a sex addict. Oh, you're a fornicator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And... Well, that's just my personality. No, I'm sorry. That's your character. Yeah. There's something else that's personality. There's something else that's you that's not just... Listen, you see this all the time on Facebook or whatever. What you know about somebody who says, this is the way I am, deal with it, Mm -hmm. is that person is committed to remaining immature. We all ought to be striving to grow, to grow as people, to grow in godliness, to grow in maturity. That means never saying, this is the way I am, deal with it. What we should be saying is, this is the way I am, and I need to deal with it, (laughs) right? Right? And I need to deal with it by repenting of my sin, bringing it to God, asking for God's power to overcome and kill my sin, and to grow in godliness. And 
Some of these, you know, sins are besetting sins that have a deep, long, old stranglehold over our lives. Spent a lot of time, thanks to you, this weekend, <laughs> talking about one of my worst besetting sins, which is even hard to maybe put in biblical terms, but it basically comes down to pride and anger. My competitiveness mm-hmm. is something that it is a core besetting sin that goes deep down in me to the time I, from the time I was born, just like all the people who say they were born this way. Yep. I'm just a competitive person. Well, right. I'm not allowed to make that excuse for my sin. Mm-hmm. I can describe myself, my sin that way and mm-hmm. give people some handles to understand this is a place where I am still struggling and still working on on growing. And I, there are a lot of ways I would rather just avoid being in situations where this sin is going to pop up and cause harm to my relationships with people. But it's also something that I've got to deal with and address directly and head on. But there's also the fact that we wouldn't say to a competitive person, shame on you for wanting victory, you know? Right, exactly. Like as a principle. Exactly. That's stupid. No, boys, young men should be competitive. Right. They should want to win. That's part of the way God wired them. It is a good thing. One of the ways this world is intent on effeminizing boys Mm. is by killing all things competitive. Let's all get participation trophies and let's discipline the boy at school who wants to be the best at something. Well, now he's not going to try hard at his grades because, you know, boys just want to be the best. And that part of that needs to be fueled and fed in a way that honors God. Part of it needs to be disciplined because it's so deeply connected to their pride. If I step onto a basketball court, I should want to win. And that want to win is something about uh, that's deeply connected to simply what it means to be a man. If you didn't want to win at that point, actually, we'd probably call it pride. A different kind of pride, A right? different kind of pride. Exactly right. Exactly a right. A coach would. Absolutely. Chesterton has that wonderful quote in Orthodoxy, I think it is, where he says, the new humility makes a man doubtful about his aims. Yes. The old humility made a man doubtful about his efforts so that he could work harder, but he was never doubtful about his aims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The new humility d- makes d- a man d- doubtful about <laughs> his aims, but very uh, pleased with his efforts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which yeah, just that's a great passage. Describes our yeah, society, our culture. That might be to my a, to, That might favorite. be one of the most prophetic things. Prophetic things he said. <laughs> prophetic things he I said. I think you meant probiotic. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most probiotic <laughs> things you said. Yeah, it's a super, that's exactly right. I think so much of sanctification for anyone, but especially for the sanctification that we help others with, you know, for disciplining a child or for being a teacher or for being a parent, being a authority figure, being a pastor, being a boss, is like removing the gangrene without removing the limb. And our tendency is huh. just to be like, well, there's gangrene, chop. Yeah. What's like uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that famous Teddy Roosevelt Sunday school? story. Do you know the story I'm talking about? He was teaching Sunday school one day, like subbing or something. I don't know what. He was teaching Sunday school. Two boys got in a fight. One of the boys was in the fight because he was defending his sister. Mm -hmm. And so Teddy Roosevelt gave the boy a dollar. And then he got reprimanded by the pastor for encouraging fighting. And Teddy Roosevelt was like, "Um, well, fighting isn't bad in and of itself, we should be encouraging the boys to fight, but to fight for the right thing. So I only disciplined the boy that was fighting for the wrong thing, but I encouraged the boy who was fighting for the right thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to, t- to teach boys that fighting is bad. That is, if you do that, 
you are you are sinning against your boys. You want to teach them what to fight for and when to fight and how to fight in a way that's honorable, but not that fighting is bad. And that's the exact same thing of cutting the leg off instead of cutting out the gangrene. You, mm-hmm. There are all kinds of sinful ways of fighting, but there are also all kinds of good and honorable ways and mm-hmm. reasons to fight. And there's a way to, for right. example, if you've got the extroverted kid, to remove the organ of extroversion rather than remove the disease of disrespect. There's a way to just crush that kid. Yeah. Right, right. And well, the opposite side of the ditch is you understand that boys should be able to fight and so just let them fight. Right. right. <laughs> that's the other way. Yeah, that's scary mommy. Well, except for that's not scary mommy. No, it's not. Scary mommy. Well, that's scary mommy scary applied to, to boys. Right. <laughs> Which yeah, scary right. mommy never would. He's just a fighter. I don't know what to do. It's that's, his that's, personality. That's, that's right. scary daddy, but that website was canceled a long time ago. <laughs> it was too scary. It was too <laughs> scary. Too scary. <laughs> well, you know, and even getting back to, you know, competition, right? Like I've got that kid. I also have a, another kid that is happy to be in the outfield looking at the pretty flowers and chasing butterflies, right? That's (laughs) got to be dealt with too. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, I want to talk a little bit more about shyness and about strategies and about applying all the things we've been talking about and parroting and otherwise. But first, guys, we have to take a little break. I understand that something interesting happened over at the First Church of Santa Deville Studios last night. They... <laughs> they 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 apparently left somebody left the door unlo- unlocked and huh. some interesting stuff happened you'll you'll just have to listen to it folks we'll we'll be right back uh, knock. who's there oh it's bj because uh my name is bj okay i'm gonna come inside this awesome sound studio at the first church of sanityville and I'm not trespassing. I'm just walking into and using property that does not belong to me. Oh, fancy sound equipment. I will use it to record promotional material about my new book. What does this button do? Booyah! Hello. My name is... Uh, I forgot! And my new book is called My Name is BJ. It's about me. <laughs> More specifically... It is a memoir about my struggle to overcome shyness and become a humanologian. And if you've ever been afraid to meet new people, then you know what it is like to want to be... the uh, Spider-Man! Ha! <laughs> like me! I eat bugs! Ha! <laughs> but when I was only four years old, I was afraid of people. In fact, I was scared one time by the party. So how did I become the party animal I am today? By my book? And I'll make lots of money! <laughs> in Chapter 4, I tell the story of how I learned to look dangerous in the eye. In Chapter 5, I tell the story of how I forgot! <laughs> then I became a humanologian, and I learned that real men are not shy, only women. If my fellow humanologian CJ were here, he would say, Shut up, BJ, you are a woman. And I would say, Gah! My only rule for shy people is, don't be an introvert. I talk about that in chapter 9. Why being shy? Such a bad idea. Hey, who are you? What are you doing? This is church property. Uh, hello, my name... Uh, what's your name? Buddy, my name is Lance Rifford, and I could have you arrested right now. My interests are Calvin's Institute and sleeping on the sofa. Uh-huh, you might be sleeping in jail tonight, boy. Sometimes shyness can be like jail. <sighs> um, okay, how can I get this through your head? You 
are trespassing. Uh, I lost my pipe. Have you seen it somewhere? Oh my uh. goodness. Why do I always have to deal with these people? All right, look here, uh, Mr. Uh, wait, is that, is that your book? My name is BJ? My name is BJ. Okay. Well then, BJ. That's me! Uh, right. <laughs> now we've met. Oh, it's another person. Uh, run away! Nope, nope, no, no, just, just hold it right there, BJ. Now, I get the sense that you don't mean any harm. The only people I've ever harmed are friends, family, and various strangers. You, you do understand that you are trespassing, and trespassing is bad, right? Uh, okay, so, I can explain. I was lonely. I wanted to talk into a microphone. Because when you talk into a microphone, you fool your brain into thinking that you have community. <laughs> In your face, brain. It's a way I protect myself from real people because I am shy. Oh, okay, now, BJ. You know, shyness isn't, you know, you don't have to protect yourself from people. Oh, brain one, BJ Zero. Listen, the, the point is you don't, you don't have to be so insecure, you know, so shy. I'm, I'm not shy. Uh, I'm an emotionally integrated and wholesome master vigilante. Okay. All right, fair point, but here's the deal. I want you to leave the church now when nobody's here, and I want you to come back on Sunday when people are here and when you're welcome. Oh, I see what you did there. You invite BJ to church. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're very bright. I can tell from a... From your wise and witty observations. AJ and CJ say church is for losers. Uh-huh. If uh, AJ and CJ told you to jump off a bridge, what would you say to that? Uh, I would say, only if you promise me it won't hurt as much as it usually does. <laughs> wow, okay. You'll be at church this Sunday, right? Uh, no, I, I'm shy. Listen, it's okay to be shy, but you can't let your shyness dictate your life. Uh, nobody dictates their life at BJ. Well, then, if that's the case, I'm sure you'll be glad to do exactly what I tell you to do right now. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's good, BJ. Okay, the first thing I want you to do is to leave the church. The second thing I want you to do, come to service on Sunday. Yes, sir. And... Yes, sir. And I want you, when you're here, to get a cup of coffee. And when you're getting coffee, there's going to be somebody close by. I want you to say hello to that person who's getting a cup of coffee, too. Oh, that would be my pleasure. Great. And then I want you to stick around for just a few minutes after the church, and uh, I'll come up to you, and I'll introduce you to my family. We'll say hi, and we'll just take some baby steps. I'm getting stronger already, just like Pope John Calvin I. He was a national hero. Right. So then when you get home, I want you to think about what you've learned today. Uh, no, I can't, because I already am. Well, BJ, you know, funny thing is, you can do a thing more than one time. Oh, uh, no, I can't. One time I fed my rabbit, and I forgot how to read. And another time, I fed my rabbit uh, to my cat. But when I tried it again, my rabbit was scored. Wow, okay, all right. So, uh, leaving those things aside, uh, BJ, based on what we just talked about just now, why don't you tell me what your plan is for this weekend? Uh, uh, lock myself inside my house and never come out again because people are scary. And we're back. Now, guys, let's tie it all together. What have we been saying so far in this episode? Somebody want to sum it up for us? Sure. Yeah, I, I think we've been saying that 
you gotta deal with the way your kids are and you gotta take into account that in some ways God wired them like they are. Mm -hmm. If they're extroverted, if they're introverted, if they're what some would call shy, (laughs) (laughs) if they're what some would call brash, you have to know like, what is the particular sin I can discipline? Mm -hmm. How can I help my daughter not be disrespectful, not throw, I don't know, I want to, I almost want to call what we were reading about like a silent tantrum or something, like the Mm -hmm. opposite of a regular tantrum, like you just withdraw and and you're done and you won't come out. You can't really let kids do that. But you have to recognize they're made different than one another. Basically, it's like it's walking a pastoral line. It's, you know, it's living the tension. Yep. That's what we tell people to do, right? That is true. (laughs) Correct. Well, well, I want to say, I want to say just to sort of pile on more anecdotally here. Yeah. I was a very, very shy kid. I could not look adults in the eye. I did not want to answer their questions. I mean, I remember going back to being four or five. It was just painful for me to talk to anyone. I, I was intensely that way. And Scary Mommy to me seems pretty scary, actually, because I had that, I had the Scary Mommy approved child rearing plan for me. Mm. Like nobody ever said that I remember at least. No, you should, you should look this adult in the eye. Mm-hmm. And well, now you've grown into the beautiful butterfly you are today as a result of that approach. Uh, Isn't that, is that what you're, maybe that's not no, what you're saying. No, as a result of pain and suffering yeah, and yeah. self-improvement and stuff that I had to do late in life, there's repercussions in my life. Like, as much as people might have been thinking, well, Jake says discipline, does that mean like he would actually spank a kid for not looking? As much as that, they might have been having that train of thought, mm-hmm. I would have killed to get a spanking, to get a hundred spankings for not looking an adult in the eye. If they, if that sort of training, even the sort sort of most cut and dried, harsh version of it you could imagine would have happened, my life would have been immeasurably improved. And of course, God's been merciful, and every parent makes mistakes. And uh, you know, I love my mom and dad and all that sort of thing. But I can't tell you how valuable it would have been for somebody to say. Like Nathan, we're not just gonna—we're just gonna not let you get away with that. Mm. Yeah, two-year-old Nathan, three-year-old Nathan, five-year-old yeah. Nathan, and all that pain happens up front with a spanking, with yeah. some spankings and some, some hard words and some encouragements. And they're like, okay, sure, you'll still have in the pit of your stomach the feeling that you don't want to talk to somebody. Do it anyway. That's which, like your job as a human being. Yeah, <laughs> made you, in the image of God. Yeah, and you would have thirty years of practice at it by now. Yeah. This stuff always, with the scary mommy blog, it's masquerading as compassion, but it's not. It's not love or tenderness to the yeah, child. Yeah, it's, it's just, do not withhold the rod from your son. Why do you want to put him to death? <laughs> right. right. That's you know? the right proverb for this. Yeah. 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 Like, Why would you want somebody that's going to throw a mental tantrum? Of course, she'll get old enough where she can't, well, maybe. <laughs> Here's hoping she gets old enough where there's enough societal pressures that she can't actually start crying when someone comes to her door. But do you want her, when she's an adult, to have the instinct to cry when somebody rings the doorbell or when she has to go to class? Or it's, it's like... It's insane. Yeah. yeah it's Only terrible. with a toddler does this even look like... Can you even trick yourself into thinking this is a good idea? It's insanity. Yep. Kids need to be compassionately saved from their worst instincts. You know, I'm not trying to be too hard on my parents. I think every one of us has those things where our parents probably failed to save us from our worst instincts and it haunts us 
well, yeah, one no, way or another no, to this I mean, day. Just one of my most one of the most celebrated moments of my childhood was the time when I was ten years old and we were losing a baseball game and there was a kid older than me. I was I think it was about ten. Um, and there was a kid old older than me joking about it in the dugout and I grabbed his shirt in two fists and I slammed him up and held him up against the wall and said, do you think losing is funny? And nice. this is this is one of the most celebrated, <laughs> like my dad loves that story. If you meet my dad, he will tell that story. Mm. If, you're, if we're together for more than an hour, it's what he loved about me as a kid mm-hmm. and what he fed. It goes so deep that I still take a certain amount of pride in that even. Like that's... Man, but how many it, fights have you had with your wife because I know, you just I couldn't lose, lose the stupid board game or I can't you couldn't lose. let the yeah, argument die or Yeah, it's just like, man, wouldn't it have been nice to be taught from a young age how to be a good loser? Like <laughs> 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 yeah. how to be a dignified, respectful loser instead of somebody that just can't take it. Right. That has to win at all costs. Yeah, I mean you're doing when, kids are malleable and they can go different directions and you're doing them such a favor when you mold them in the right way cuz then you don't have to be in your 30s trying to change things that have just set. Well, yeah, I mean God is our father, God disciplines us yeah. for all the things we've been talking about, but goodness. it's not it's not usually as simple as getting a spanking. <laughs> More like you lose a job or you lose a friend or you, you break something irreparably or that takes years to repair. or you Your know, marriage is just a little bit worse or you're, uh, yeah. yeah, I, I'm, I have, I have not, it would be fun to Google spanking on Scary Mommy and see what old Scary Mommy thought about that. If but. that sounds fun to you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, my point is I'm sure Scary Mommy would not be in favor of it. Yeah, probably not. But. Man, what a relief it would be to the children of the scary mommies. <laughs> yeah, it would. I guess, uh, does anybody want to say anything, since this is kind of an episode on shyness, about how to deal with shyness? I think we've kind of talked about how to deal with it in your kids, which is Jake's main piece of advice is deal with it. Use your wisdom and be okay disciplining for the bad things. But let's just talk to regular old people that struggle with those fears and with introversion, whatever you want to call it, with feeling drained after they are with people. What pieces of advice? Because I think we're all somewhere on the spectrum, actually, of introverts. Me the least, maybe. Mm. But I certainly struggle with it and have had it's something I've had to overcome. How to talk about this. I don't, at first blush, struggle with any of the apparent difficulties of introversion in that I will shake someone's hand, I'll look them in the eye, I'll smile, I'll engage them for a little bit. It's for me, the question of when I start to break down mm-hmm. <laughs> and how quickly will I break down and give in to my just selfishness of, I am tired of you, I'm tired of people and I want to go be in bed for a while or read or recharge. For me, a lot of it comes down to just a good pep talk beforehand, mm-hmm. preparing myself emotionally for whatever it is we're doing and however long it's going to be. And and just reminding myself that it's not about me mm-hmm. and reminding myself of all the ways that Jesus gave himself to people. Well, and when you think about if you are a shy person or someone who's inclined to it, the passages where Jesus just has to get away yeah, to spend to some go, time in prayer or whatever. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And then the people inevitably interrupt him. Those are really, him. Those are really yeah. precious. Like yeah. I feel a lot of yeah. sentiment if I may 
mm-hmm. about those passages. Like it's nice that our savior really did struggle with he just needed normal to get away and like, pray. Yeah. I need to recharge my batteries. <laughs> well, but that I mean that's a big thing. I don't think that most of us when we're drained, I don't know, do we is that how we think about our being people drained? Now I should go pray. Like I you know what I mean? Yeah, like I that's not the kind now of remedy that we go watch Netflix. Yeah, you know. that's right. Yeah, Jesus goes away to pray so that he is better able to come back and continue serving people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go away to <laughs> indulge myself and take some much needed R&R from people and see how long we can avoid. <laughs> that, is my, that is my biggest temptation yeah, in sin yeah, connected yeah. to this is I will give myself to people for any amount of time that's necessary, but I want that reward at the end of the day. And it better be alcohol or food or sex or something fleshly that I get that because I deserve it, especially if I've done hard work, especially if I've done godly work, you know, if I've uh-huh. been in church, if I've led youth group if or small group or something like that. Sundays it, are especially that kind of day because you got Sunday school hour, then you've got two hours plus of church and socialization. And then you've got in our us, church right now, we've got small, small group that can go mm-hmm. anywhere from two to four hours long on top of that. And like, that's so all fine. Like all people. But at the end the of that, I deserve to have my flesh gratified. And I think that there's there's a place for just relaxing and chilling and yeah. enjoying things and happiness at the end of... I'm not trying to <laughs> say, the only thing you can do at the end of a long day is, is go pray. and pray. <laughs> but I, I am selfish. And if somebody denies me that, if I get a phone call while I'm trying to finally get my reward, it's like... Oh, Nathan, you need to go back out. We have an emergency thing or somebody needs your help or mom needs help moving a couch. It's like there is no end to my anger at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, how dare you? (laughs) I think another strategy that people just have to have the discipline to employ is that if if you are that way and you also need to rid yourself as much as possible of the in the moment escapes that you have or can create for yourself, specifically your phone. Yeah, smartphones are a nice like I'm here, but I don't have to actually be here. Yeah, yeah, yep, for sure. Way of escape. I think I want to kind of tie this back to our money episode. We talked yeah. about, for lack of a better phrase, pragmatism when it comes to planning your budget such that you don't have a bunch of fights with your spouse because you've planned a good budget. Yeah. I think that that applies to and then the devil in that episode came and said well shouldn't you have conflict and shouldn't you be willing to work things out it's like yeah but also be smart there's there's nothing Mm -hmm. ungodly about being smart and being pragmatic about those kinds of things and i think that it's true with your time as well you can budget it well and you can budget it poorly if you're the kind of person that needs to recharge budget recharging in there and maybe God will ordain that someone interrupts it and you'll have to submit to that and not be angry. But try and give yourself some time. Give yourself well, some if space. Well, you, if you budget it in and you're aware enough of yourself, that does give you some of the encouragement and strength that it takes to go out and do the things that you need to do. And it's not just like the carrot at yep. the end of the stick, but it's kind of the carrot at the end of the stick, right? It's Yeah, and that's okay. It's, hey, we're going to go do this thing and it's going to, it may be draining, but I'm going to give myself to it for three hours and then afterwards we're going to go home and you know hang out for a while Mm -hmm. and just relax and put on a movie or sit and sip a glass of wine or something Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i don't know there's the principle the proverb the 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 laborer's uh appetite works for him his hunger drives him on Mm -hmm. i mean 
I think the problem is anything that gets in the way of your appetite for the prize, which is the New Jerusalem and the fruit of that, is a bad thing and you shouldn't let it do that. But on the other hand, it's okay to have that at the end of a day too. You have to know what's selfish and ungodly and what's not. Yeah. Well, those things can be a reminder of that, right? And so part of it yeah. is like, hey, I want to honor God. I want to honor God with people. I know what I need to do in order to help myself do that. So I'm just going to do all of those things and... You know, I'm not going to spare myself. And he, Jesus is always throwing not just the warnings of hell, but all kinds of rewards in front of us to motivate us to obedience. And we would be fools if we didn't do the same things in small and big ways. Mm-hmm. Reminding ourselves of the promises of God, big picture, but also just learning the lesson of both warnings and rewards for all of our lives. Well, and I just think... So my wife likes to typify all my inspirational speeches as it'll it's okay because death. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how inspiring I am in my marriage folks. But for me, those kind it actually is helpful to just remember you are nobody and it doesn't matter. And I don't mean God is not in his heaven and I don't mean I don't have worth and I, that's not what I mean, but to actually like what Jake said earlier, Jake said he reminds himself it's not about him. That is actually a thought that can flip the switch for me, quite literally. I will be in a situation, I will be bound up about whether I can love people, whether I have anything interesting to say, whether I'm feeling tired. And then I just think, wait a second, I can be miserable. It doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay. And then it's I, okay. That, that usually frees me up to be happy if I give myself permission. <laughs> like, yeah. actually, it doesn't really matter whether... I want to be here right now. It doesn't really matter whether I have anything to say. I I have the job that God ultimately has given me, and that's to love these people. And how I feel about it is a matter of great indifference. A part of taking responsibility for other people is simply being willing to say, I suffer first. I die first. Mm. I'm the first person in the room to die. I'm the first person in the room to suffer, which sort of orients you to say, Okay, everybody else's needs before mine. That's okay. That's the way God that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus calls me to. That's what Jesus is pleased with. And Jesus being pleased with that, that can be enough for me. Hard to remember those things no, in the moment, is. but that I mean, that's what we're talking about is how is remembering those things, right? Right. Yeah. I die first. <laughs> Absolutely. I suffer first. Mm-hmm. And if you're a cynical, would be existentialist like me, the phrase that's gonna pop into your head is who cares whether I'm happy? <laughs> but right. that's what I actually mean by that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I just like to put a, you know, a nice little positive spin. Right. Yeah. Which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I've realized about my shyness is so often I think I'm doing people a favor by depriving them of myself <laughs> because I'm, I have such shame about who I am that I'm just like, they don't want eye contact for me. They don't want me to ask them how, like, they they don't want to talk about their day right now. They just want to play on their phone. And it's like, those things are 100% lies. Most people want to be known. They want their existence to be acknowledged. One of the tributes we pay to our fellow human beings is, I am going to look into your eyes because you are a human being and your soul is somewhere in there. And I acknowledge that with my gaze. I'm going to touch you on the shoulder and give you coronavirus, but we're going to leave that out of this, folks. I am going to... I'm going to elbow tap you. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to friendly, fist bump you. A friendly elbow tap. Like those sorts of things are the sorts of things that I think nobody would feet. ever want from me. 
I, I just think nobody's. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like, no, it's actually, there's very few people from the high to the low, from my fathers to my sons, from the little to the small, from everybody wants to be acknowledged. <laughs> and ex- it's just like I've I've deprived people of so much that I could have given them over the years just by having this kind of false shame or false humility that keeps me from and that makes them inevitably probably just think I'm a cold fish like oh I sure wish she would have said hello and smiled yeah so don't do that love people Sanity, sound comma, sound of, <laughs> was produced by me, associate produced by Ben, executive produced by me and Jake. Just go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. You can hear episodes of our show Sanity Bites about things like Don't Be Gerald. You can hear about our Evansville church plant. Find the link to sign up for our newsletter. Go to patreon.com forward slash sound of day, sound of day, sound of day. And sign up for any amount <laughs> to sanity. <laughs> go to forward slash. <laughs> go to sound of sanity. Go to page. What's the Patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. Right. Sign up today. Any amount would be very grateful. We would help support this work. Yep. And if you're too shy to do it, then you're a horrible sinner. <laughs> and ben, yeah. ben hates you. I don't hate you. You can text me and I'll sign up for you. Right. But you better text him a credit card number. That's right. Until next time, folks. Stay safe.